This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland, as you heard the man say. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. We are brought to you locally by Smiley One, heating, cooling, and plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. Comfort is not something I would use, though, right now to talk. They need a big truck from Smiley One to get over to Berea right now because I don't think anybody's comfortable after what we witnessed, again, with a loss to the Ravens, again with a game that could conceivably be another victory. And, you know, if the right things happen, this team could be in a much better position than just having an 8% chance of making the playoffs um, this early in the season. Daryl, your thoughts on uh, the mojo in Berea? Uh, First off, we are going to issue a cease and desist on the use of the P word. Uh, That is now banned. Until they get at least the 500. Ah, so, okay. So no more P word on yeah, the podcast. No. But, 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 okay, I won't say that word anymore. Um, We can feel free to make fun of the ridiculously awesome draft pick the Houston Texans are going to get this year. It's going to uh, be great. That's coming. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they pay, they're going to end up paying a lot for a quarterback who has problems. Um, so that's just awesome to think about. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's not good. The We alluded to it uh, on the postgame podcast uh, Monday afternoon. Uh, went into it a little bit uh, more in depth with uh, Kevin Stefanski and Joel Batonio and Sione Takitaki as far as everything that occurred the yelling uh, in the locker room post game. Look, that that it's just it's a bad sign, right? I mean, we we in the last three weeks now, we have had players talking about the will and want to. We we have players talking about commitment outside the building, and now we have yelling in the locker room. I think it's officially to, uh, 
acceptable to say that this thing's starting to fall apart on the Browns, Andy. It's unfortunate considering the expectations uh, going into the season and then just how close that they have been in a lot of these games. But the bottom line is, is they're just, they're not good enough. And um, they're losing games that they should win with talent that should be able to win these games. They're just not getting it done. So um, I have a feeling over the next couple of weeks here, we're going to be spending lots of time blaming, uh, trying to figure out who's at fault, who's to blame, but it, it's, it is not good, uh, when it comes to the state of the Cleveland Browns right now. All right. So Daryl, talk about this from your. I don't have the ability to see the reactions because I think that's important when we're looking at what what's being said and, and what's there. So um, I, I just like what you're saying isn't just something you like. It's not a I don't want to say it's not a feeling. It's a gut. It's something you've witnessed before when you've seen these teams fall apart. And I mean, there's a basis for what you're seeing and what you're saying. Yeah. And uh, I mean. You know, we've already heard we got too much talent to be this bad. <laughs> like we've heard this stuff. So um, I just, yeah, I mean, I, I've seen a lot in 25 years. I know good teams and uh, chemistry when I see it. And this team doesn't have that. They, they just, they don't. Um, and like, it is a concerted effort not to point fingers. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can just feel this concerted effort within the locker room where guys don't want to be pointing the fingers at each other. But it also feels like they're just dying to call people out, too. And I think if they keep losing, if this gets worse, we're going to start to see that happen, too. Um, th this is the toughest test of Kevin Stefanski's tenure here in Cleveland, without question, Andy. All right, so we're talking about cracks in the foundation is, is essentially what we're talking about. And I know there were plenty of people that talked today, so let's go through some of the sound that we heard uh, from uh, from Berea. Okay, let's see. Where do we want to start? Um, with the iceberg or seeing the iceberg coming? Let's see the iceberg coming first, and then we can hit the iceberg. It's <laughs> a fair way to do it. Before we get to the boat being at the bottom of the ocean, we're going to, okay, we're going to go in chronological order here. I find it interesting that you say that because what was it? The Mesopotamia was the boat that alerted the Titanic about the iceberg that they ignored. And then the, I believe the Mesopotamia was shot down by the Germans a couple of years later, just a regular cruise liner. Yeah. That was, I was so just, you know, so I'm, I find the, the historical reference in this show to be timely as I was just looking at some, some of the stuff the other day, uh, Mr. History Channel. Let's start with us. what happened Sunday and the shouting that occurred within uh, the locker room, because that is certainly uh, a concern. If, if, you know, guys are heated after a, a tough loss, that's certainly understandable. Uh, Kevin Stefanski was asked today if the locker room's at a breaking point. No, I don't. That's the short answer. The long answer is losing is frustrating. <laughs> I think I hope everybody gets that. Nobody likes it. It's a horrible feeling. Look around the league. I'm, I know there's buildings that feel like we do right now, and it, it's 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 not fun. Um, but I know this: these guys work hard, they play hard, and they're going to continue to prepare. And and that's what we we have to do. And and that's why this opportunity right in front of us, starting with this Monday night game, that's why it's so important. Ah, they try real hard. So they got that going for them. Which well, is they're spending a lot of money to try hard, right? Yeah, they are. <laughs> Although, what else I, can Kevin? I, I mean, have you ever heard a coach? Ah, I lost locker. 
No, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> Guys hate me. They don't understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. Uh, you know, I'm calling these plays. I'm looking around. They look at me like I've got five eyes on my forehead. I mean, what? I don't know what else Kevin's going to say in that in that position. He's yeah. got to say the locker room is stable. He has to. But yet we know that the report yesterday was, uh, where is the leadership was one of the lines that was uh, overheard in the hallway. Yeah. Uh, and we got plenty of guys talking about leadership. So as they say, too many cooks in the kitchen, Andy. That's I, I think agree. That's I, I think agree. that's where the Browns are at, right? I mean, they have all these leaders at all these position groups and stuff like that, and the big leadership council and all that. It, it, it's just all it's all empty air. That I mean, that that's how I uh, uh, I look at that. Uh, I'm sure the plane ride from Baltimore was uh, a lot of fun. Uh, here's Joel Batonio talking about that. And there's frustration for sure, and there's you know. Guys want to win, you know. I, I think that's that's the thing about this team is like we have competitors, we have people that want to win games, and so there's definitely frustration. You know, you don't really feel it on the plane per se. Guys are talking, you know. You some guys watch the game, some guys listen to music. You know, it's it's pretty somber after a loss most of the time anyway. But there, you can tell there's there's frustration, but there's an effort. Guys want to try and fix it and want to try and um, you know turn this thing around. I think try is our word of the day. There's a lot of trying going on uh, when it comes to the Browns. Let, I think Sione Taki Taki might have used that word too. Let's see. You know, that's normal football stuff, oh. you know, it's coming off of. Sorry, we're, we're back to the normal football stuff when it comes oh, to. Oh, okay. Fighting Sorry, I didn't realize it. Yes. Here we go. You know, that's normal football stuff, you know, it's coming off a of frustrating loss. So nothing crazy. Um, obviously, you know what I mean? Just discussion between our brothers, you know what I mean? Um, after a frustrating loss, but nothing crazy. I know when I'm yelling at people, I refer to it as a discussion. <laughs> they should try being in the bullpen at a radio station every once in a while or in a newsroom at least five years ago before everyone was a robot and spitting out the same news that they decided at one corporate office that they would tell everyone. But that's another story for another day. I don't, as, I don't know why I'm giving you insight into local news, but I am. As, as, uh, as someone who became infamous for making paint peel uh, behind the scenes myself, yes, yeah, uh, <clears throat> with one con one sided conversations, yeah, uh, no, it, it's just it's 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 not good. Um, look, it's uh, understandable. Guys are angry and frustrated. They should be, um, but I, I just I'm kind of past the anger and frustrated stage. I just I want to see some results. I don't know about you and uh, uh, yeah, what's Kevin Stefanski think about that. I think you guys understand how frustrating it is when, when you try to win in this league and, and you and you come close and, and you don't get it done. It's really frustrating. And, and it's frustrating because the guys are putting in the work. Coaches are putting in the work, but we got to come away with uh, victory. So we're, we're committed to that. We're working hard in, in this building today, learning from yesterday, uh, because you have to. You absolutely have to. You have to learn some of those little things that, that we can take care of. And Look, I, I just have to stop. I'm sorry. Let me tell I'm you what's frustrating. Can I be honest? So much learning. Yeah, they ought to have PA. Is it PhD? Is that the top one? PhD or just a Mensa group? It, let me tell you what's frustrating. Can I just give you one line? Watching the way they use Nick Chubb is frustrating. Yes. It's frustrating. Like he, he could say, "This is frustrating. This is frustrating. This is frustrating." And if you want to use analytics, knock yourself out. You're eleven and three when that guy runs the ball more than eighteen times a game. I cannot come up with any better stat than trying to use the best player on the field. I went off about it on our show today. I'm just I, look. I like Kevin. I don't want Kevin to go anywhere, but he is digging his own grave on this thing. Run the guy, and if the guy doesn't like, if I look in the stats as soon as the game's over and I see that he's run 22 times, 
but he only has 15 yards or he doesn't have anything, then I'll be like, you know what? Kevin's right. He shouldn't be playing him. The problem is, is that Nick is efficient. He is unbelievable when you give him a chance to run the ball. The offensive line likes blocking for him. Give him the freaking ball and let him run. And I don't care if he's number three in the league in carries. He should be number one. And I don't care how much other teams run the ball or pass the ball. That guy is unbelievable. And you are sitting him in the bullpen when he should be starting. Kevin Stefanski has a rebuttal. You know, we got into a two-minute drive at the end there, and we, and we didn't come away with points. I think we started on the uh, 12-yard line, got it out there to the, the 40, 42, and we stalled. And, and that's, you know, I take that upon me. I have to get the offense to break through there. You're trying to score a touchdown, settle for a field goal, and, and we didn't either. We punted, and that's really unacceptable. But when you get in those two-minute situations, Jeff, uh, sometimes Kareem is in there as our two-minute back, as our third down back, and in a lot of ways, that's to keep Nick fresh throughout the game. And then we come out of the second half and we go sack, completion to Nick, and then a strip sack. So that that's a, that's how it went down. It's not what we're trying to do, obviously. Trying to just be efficient in the run and the pass game. Trying to avoid third down as best we can and come away with points when we have opportunities to do it. So when it's not good enough, that's on me and us to get it fixed. And there were just too many moments there uh, where the offense hit a lull and versus a good team, you just got to, you have to make the most of your opportunities. And I, I didn't feel like we did that. And, and that falls squarely on me. That lull has happened every game. Daryl, I know you're sleeping. I see you. That lull has happened every game in the fourth quarter. I can go back and read you off the times like I've been doing for Nick the last Chubb five is weeks. the most well-rested running back in the National Football League. He had 12 carries going into the fourth quarter. All right, I'm amped up. I'm fired up. We're looking at the cracks in the foundation. And I'm just trying to stay away. Guy. Just run the guy, please. All right, let's come back. We'll do a little bit more here. We got plenty more to talk about after the aftermath, and then we got Monday Night Football coming up ahead, too. So it's always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, well, why don't you subscribe to the podcast back after Especially this. if you want to hear me snore some more. That's great. It's always game day in Cleveland, brought to you locally by Smiley One. Heating, cooling, and plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. All right, there, there's a lot of things where we can talk about, about the cracks in the foundation when it comes to your Browns and trying to – I mean, look – there still is time to salvage what's going on right now, but it's got to happen super fast, and it better start on Monday night against the Bengals or else this could be one of the longest seasons we've had since, well, 1-15 and 0-16. and I don't know that it gets any longer than that. At least they have two wins. So let's, let's, uh, let's backtrack to what something Kevin Stefanski said he really wanted to talk about after the game, and he goes, well, I'll get an explanation on this because uh, there were some – it seemed like there were some refereeing blunders at the end of the game. I'm never going to blame a game on the refs, so don't put the game in their hands, but let's discuss. I will, um, but that's not why they lost. It's not why they lost. It just didn't help the cause. Um, So Monday is the please give us an apology day in the NFL. That's why that team send in the the tape to the league office asking for verification. Correct. Um, How many apologies did we get? Uh, so, uh, Kevin Stavansky was asked if he has heard back from the league for completely bleeping up the, what should have been offsides on the Ravens and a 50 yard field goal try. It actually turned into a false start phantom false start 
and of course a blocked 60 yard field goal. Not yet. I've had one phone call and I'll, I'll have another phone call later today. Charlie's a veteran, a long snapper. He did nothing differently than he's done his entire career. We're in no way trying to draw them offside in that situation. The risk reward is way, way, way too high. You may do that if it's on the plus 10 and it's a short field goal. There's teams I see do that, but that certainly was not what we were doing there. Yeah. So that's where we're at there. Uh, Joel Batonio was also. Oh, at, I thought. Uh, did we get clarification or no? No. Just, no, no. Okay. No, okay. No, no. I thought the league. I thought no, the league no. called you, Daryl. I thought you were tight no with the clarification. Um, uh, here's Joel. Uh, he was asked about not only that call, but also, of course, uh, Amari Cooper and the uh, offensive pass interference. You know, unfortunately, it's part of football. It's an imperfect, you know, science refing games. Um, you know, like you said, the Amari's a fifty-fifty call most of the time. And then, you know, if we make the field goal, we still have to go to overtime and, and play against some um, in, in overtime there, or they had some time left too to, to go down and score, I think. Um, so it, it, it was one of those things where it definitely didn't help us, but um, we still could have found other ways to get a win. That's the, uh, you know, I, I look, I think, Kevin I think Joel's Stefanski, right. Don't you? Yeah. Joel's right. Kevin Stefanski, both uh, handling it uh, a lot more professionally than I would. True. See, this is my this is one of my issues uh, that I have with Stefanski. This was a time to show emotion. This was a time to write a check to the league office to really show your locker room you have their back, and, and you'll cut a check for ripping the refs because the refs did uh, deserve some ripping. And he, re I can deal with a coach that doesn't show personality and stuff like that because I don't think you should be judging a coach on his press conferences. Okay. He's True. not there to he's not there to entertain you. He's there to win football games. Unfortunately, Kevin Stefanski right now is doing neither. That but that's a whole nother thing. But show your guys that you have their back. And if there was ever an opportunity to light NFL officiating on fire in front of reporters, it was yesterday. It was Sunday afternoon in Baltimore. That was absolutely ridiculous. First off, nobody moved on the Browns. Secondly, two Ravens jumped off sides. Thirdly, the officials couldn't even tell you which freaking Brown fall started. Okay. The Amari thing, even Amari's acknowledged that it should have been a penalty in the, in the, in the locker room. So it kind of makes me hard to fight on Amari's behalf there because I, he, and I'll be honest with you. I thought he pushed off too. I mean, like, yeah, I, I don't have a problem what? with every, that. He, every receiver does that. How many times did we see Ravens receivers do that yesterday with the extended arms and no flags got thrown? So okay. that I mean that hand fighting is 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 part of the the it game. It was a soft push, but it, you know I can understand why they called it. I saw it again. It, don't put yourself in the position. But my, but right. my point is, if you really want to be mad, I it, there, but let me bring up the other point too. And I don't know if you were going here or not, but how do you pick up a flag on roughing the passer? You either did or didn't. That was garbage, and then the clock around two minutes was ridiculous too. Because they should that we should have had, and Kevin talked about it after the game. Even if they miss, that that we should have had another play, and then the two minute warning. So, which probably would have given them more than twenty two. Like, I still don't understand why Baltimore called timeout at the end, but whatever. I, I just it, it, there were just there were some aggravating circumstances there, and I'm starting to believe what you're saying about. If there was ever a time to take a fine, that was it. You yeah. might be right. Take the fine. Show your guys that you're willing to fight for them. You know what I mean? Like, I, I and again, I, I'm not saying go outside your personality and do it on a weekly basis, but, you know, time and place. You see J.B. Bickerstaff do it with the Cavaliers. 
you know, I mean, he bitches at the referees every night and lo- basically. So loses, does Bill Belichick, you know, oh, Bill, I mean, Bill, you're watching him. Whatever. Yeah, Keep I mean, his, I mean, JB's voice is gone by the time the game is over because he's done so much screaming at him. But, uh, you know, Terry Francona does it with the Guardians. He knows when to get himself thrown out of games and stuff like that. Like every once in a while, you have to get pissed off publicly and you have to show that fire and show that passion. Some that, people, some coaches will say, and Daryl, I, I mean, I've heard this. What sense does it make for me to lose my cool? Then I've got all my players losing my cool. But there are, this is probably one of the rare examples. Cause I normally I would fight you tooth and nail on this. Like, but I'm not saying in the middle of the game. I'm not saying in the middle of the game. But you're right. At the end of the game, he could have led into the referees or after the game, walk up to an official and MF the living, you know what, out of them, you know, let the cameras see you do it. Just something to show your guys that I am, you care. I am fighting for you. And then maybe you don't have guys yelling after the game. Where's the leadership? Yeah. Whether yeah. it's players or coaches. Because all because guess what? That's all we hear about is how many leaders they have. Talk, 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 talk about leaders. We got leaders. Every room's got a leader. Blah, 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 blah. We got our leadership council. Blah, blah, blah. And where do you see leadership on game days? You, just, you don't. I, I will say one thing about Kevin. Let me say this. I'm glad he had Charlie Hewlett's back because I'm still trying to figure out why they were a yard up on the block kick and not a yard back. And now I'm worried about Charlie. Like I'm, if we're saying Charlie Hewlett's name, something's wrong. Because this guy's one of the best long snappers there are in the game. He's been that way. He's been consistent for us. I've never – you don't notice him. That's why you don't really know who he is. And on the snap prior to the to the long field goal attempt, it was one of the rare times that we've ever seen him burn one on the ground. And they uh, did a great the job. Uh, yeah, on the PAT. You're right. But that was the snap. That was the – there was no long snap in between, was there? Was there a no, punt, he, maybe? It, was a long, it was the long snap on the PAT. Yeah, and so, and, and I, I mean, they did a great job of making sure that thing went through. I, I don't know. Like, that extra yard doesn't make sense to me, and I think Kevin was not happy about it. Well, because they lined up wrong. That's what it was. Uh, it, that wasn't something they planned. They miscalculated the uh, the depth on the snap when hmm. they set up for it. Whose fault is that? Kicker? <sighs> Probably. Yeah. Rookie kicker? He's got to know what he needs, and everyone else is there to help him. Yeah. I mean, that's just the way it is. All right, what else do we or want the, to hear? Or, or the holder. Yeah. But, you know, getting back to my leadership thing, you know, your backup yeah, quarterback it shouldn't be a leader. Sorry. As great of a guy as Jacoby Brissett is, you know, like John Johnson, you know, he's a vocal leader. Is he really a leader, though? Uh, you know, you hear people talking about his paycheck, and then you question, you know, the young guys – that aren't making that much money saying, well, it's easy for you to say that because you're making so much money. Right. I, don't know. I mean, I heard that today and I was like, Ugh. I mean, We're really it, going there. It, you know, I, I just, I can't, I can't wrap my head around this leadership thing with the Browns and, and, uh, you know, everyone wants to talk about leaders and being leaders, this, that, and the other. And this does not look like a team with leaders. Like true, honest to goodness leaders. There's Isn't a lot of guys yelling about at the end. I yeah. mean, I mean, there's there's a lot of guys that just want to go out and play football. Like Nick Chubb's not a leader. He's a great he's a great player, but he's not vote. You know, he's not vote. He just it, it, he leads it, but just by going out and playing well. You know, what I'm, like, yeah. and and I don't know. Like, what is leadership today in professional sports? Is it getting up and giving a rah rah speeches in the locker room? Is it just doing 
and letting your play do the talking. It, like I, I don't know. Like, I think maybe, that's part of it. Look, you maybe, uh, first maybe of you'll all, do a survey this uh, week. I'll, that, that'll be one of my missions. It's not week. a bad. It's not. Maybe we could do that with fans too. But uh, yeah. the number one thing a leader has to do is they've got to execute to full capacity during a game. You're never going to be a leader that anyone. I, I'm not. I don't want to say anyone respect, but you need someone who's going to be out there that is playing the game probably the right way all the time, leading by example, never quitting, never complaining. Yeah. If that's what you want leadership to be. Right. I mean, it, again, I think it, leadership, leadership has to be earned in some ways from the players, but you should probably be respect. Like, you know, Joe Thomas was respected, right? But was Why? he a leader? I don't think the teams were good enough. To, for that you know what i'm saying like yeah he, he might be the most wasted career in the history of athletics nick chubb is the second i think nick chubb is a leader i mean he i, okay. I think he's he doesn't have to be a vocal leader i just think nick plays the game the right way i can't believe people were mad at him for scoring the touchdown earlier in the season one of the most ridiculous things i've ever heard in my life and i and i just i like i again i it goes back to my jersey factor would you let your kid wear that player's jersey i ask that all the time and if you can say yes then you respect that player and you respect what you respect them for who they are i would let any of my kids wear nick chubb's jersey any day of the week i just think it's a way to look it's a way to look at things all right let's take another quick time out i want to talk about some of the injuries that happened um and i don't maybe we got to find something positive there's got to be one one positive thing we can find we're going to look for it next it's always game day in cleveland it's always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, well, why don't you become part of the podcast? We would love to hear from you. Love, love, love to hear from you on It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. How do you do that? Real simple. At Game Day CLE. At Game Day CLE is the place to go. So easy. It's on Instagram and it's on Twitter. Daryl, all right, I promise let's come up with one positive thing. And then, oh, well, actually, let's stop, start with the injuries first. David Njoku is going to be out for a couple of weeks. That sucks. I'm not going to. There's no other way around it. You're losing your second or third best receiver on the team. Yeah, I mean, he's he's tied with Amari Cooper for the most catches. He's like five yards behind Cooper in, in total yardage. Uh, he, I know people want to say he's having a breakout year. And, and I don't even like saying that. Like, he's just he's, – he was finally having a year where he was getting opportunities. Like, in years past, he didn't get a lot of opportunities. So, that's that's a, a, a pretty significant loss. Uh, not uh, – you know, they don't play until Monday night. Um, so, if you're looking for a positive, uh, they're not going to lose on Sunday. Well, there you go. Jacob Phillips also hurt. Out for the year, it looks like. Yeah. Uh, pectoral injury. Again, second – that's two linebackers that they've lost to season ending injuries and that Dion Jones trades looking pretty good right now by Andrew Barry. Yeah. And, and what do you have 30 snaps in the game? yesterday? Yeah, I thought yeah, you know. like 30, 33 snaps or whatever. And no, oh, he's probably going to have to start for Phillips now. Yeah, I would think so. Um, I, I want to bring this up too, and maybe we'll do more of this on Thursday too, but uh, let's face it. The trade deadline's coming up and it's going to be here on November 1st. And if the Browns, I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to be this guy, but if the Browns don't win on Monday night, they have to seriously consider going Fire Carolina sale. Panthers. Yeah. Fire I mean, and it's all predicated on the fact, you know, I don't know that I would do that if they still had first round picks coming up, but because of the Sean Watson trade, I think they're in a spot where they're going to have to do some stuff they don't want to do. Uh, you may have to actually trade someone you've drafted 
That might be a possibility. Hey, which... you know what we could do on Thursday? We can do the advertisements. Gently used running back. Once led the league in rushing. Underutilized. Like I said, gently used. <laughs> his name oh. is Kareem Hunt. Repair, repaired his image. Has been a good citizen for the last couple of years. And, you know, great in the community in that. I mean, uh, Javian Clowney. <laughs> I mean, Let me ask you this. Other than Miles Garrett, and yeah. name me a player on our team that would would garnish you a first round pick. Nick Chubb. Yeah, Nick Chubb. But I'm I'm not trading him, so he's, I won't even utter his name. I don't know that. Well, you said other than Miles Garrett. So yeah, Nick I should. Yeah. I can confirm yeah, Nick Chubb yeah. is not Miles Garrett. All right, good job, man. You are good. That is why you are the best. You are the best. Um. Yeah, I don't know. So, what are you picking up then? Seconds and thirds. I mean, I don't know where. No, I think three, I mean Denzel might bring back a return, size. right? I'm not. I don't want to trade Denzel. I don't want to trade Kareem. I don't want to trade either one of these guys. But well, then you're not you? getting any first round picks. Are you going to get a first round pick for either one of those guys? For who? Denzel. Uh, Here's the problem with trades. I wait, always wait, feel wait, like his contract. No. No, and I would say to you, a, is Denzel worth it? Yeah, I think Denzel's worth a first round pick, a late first round pick. But I also. I, I, every time I think that that a guy who I think is a late first round ends up second or third round pick, like when they go to trade, the value always seems to never be what you want with the exception of uh, what uh, Trent Richardson. Sorry. Trent. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, like the most bizarre on, trade ever. Yeah. Based on what's going on in Indianapolis right now. I don't think that the, I don't think that the uh, Colts are in the market. <laughs> Good. Why is Trent still available? <laughs> Yeah, I uh, could sign him and not play him too in crucial situations. I, I'm so I'm just so I, like the Nick Chubb thing just drives me nuts. And but I, I think it makes me more frustrated, more mad because I like Kevin. Hey, I Andy, like you know what? You could play running back for the Cleveland Browns and stand on the sideline. The critical moments in the game. I'll take league minimum. I got no problem with that. <laughs> I'll take three concussions in league minimum. How's that sound? Just you know what? Uh, just put me in protocol for signing the contract right away because I I I'd clearly have a concussion. And I'd be happy to cash in on that. Yeah, it's uh, <sighs> all right. Um, all right. So we went through the injuries. You want to try to find? Give me one positive. Play the positive game. Um, give me a positive. They're home. It's Monday Night Football. It's Halloween. Maybe that changes. It's Halloween. So the atmosphere should be great. That is until the Browns start losing. <laughs> um, the, I, I don't I know. You... Do, here we go. Do they keep the stadium packed, or do people go trick or treating by halftime? I don't know. Maybe you should trick or tailgate, right? Ah, I'm sure the Muni lot will be trick or tailgate, right? Yeah, the 92 through the fan West Six tailgate will be bumping on Halloween night. Yeah, there you go. That'll be fun. There'll be a lot of people dressed up at the game. A lot of people wearing bags if they start losing. Is it wrong of me to say that I'd rather go to the tailgate than cover the game? (laughs) Why? Don't you want to watch Joe Burrow? I love watching him. Oh, yeah, that's true. They have great wide receivers. Over under Joe Burrow throws for a thousand yards. Well, we'll do that on uh, Thursday. Yeah, <laughs> obnoxious over unders. Obnoxious over. Here's the he, he, inherently there's they could go back and be three and five and then have to shock the world. You know seven. what? I I found a positive. Okay, go ahead. I found a positive. It's from Joel Batonio. Keeping the faith. I just really do have faith in the the people in the building. You know, top down. I I really do um, have faith in those guys. Have faith in my my teammates, and. Um, you know, I know there's a win out there for us, and and you get one win, and it can, it can turn to two, and and you see you see teams that you know recently. I think 
maybe the Eagles have done it, the Titans have done it, where they've been, you know, not great early in the season. And uh, I think the Colts maybe even, you know, the Dolphins won like eight or nine in a row. They didn't end up making the playoffs, I don't think. But there's been teams in recent years that have, have turned it around, and I, I think we have the right guys to do that. That's what I like about Joel Batonio. He is the he is the eternal optimist, uh, much like his good friend and future Hall of Famer Joe Thomas was. Uh, no matter how bad it gets, always optimistic that things are going to turn around. Um, as he was saying that today, I I, I had uh, Billy Joel's "Keeping the Faith" playing in my head. Sure. As he is saying all this stuff. You would have been better off with Uptown Girl, though, with Christy Brinkler. I'm just saying. Pretty well, good video. But it, it, you're right. The video's better, but the song doesn't fit. I but thought you were going to say for a second that we didn't start the fire. Well, um, one of the <clears throat> best radio bits, which, by the way, lawyers have ruined everything these yeah. days uh because you you can't do any fun bits anymore uh you can't do song you can't like do songs based you know using you can do parodies you just have to no you can no you, you cannot do parodies you wait can't. i watched this tape we had to watch a tape on it you can't do parodies either you have to you gotta have the permission and license and all that permission to do parody yeah yeah, it's, 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 it's was I think it was the Colin Cowherd show that did the Cleveland Browns quarterbacks to the tune of We Didn't Start the Fire it was beyond spectacular. Hmm. Oh well, but uh, the fire is life. The, the fire has been raging since 1999. Michael, here, here's a question for you: Are the good old yes. days of losing back? Like, so the Browns lost. Hang no, on, I, I messed I messed this up. Uh, so the Browns lost four of their last six to end the 2021 season. Mm -hmm. They are two. And so that means they're four and nine in their last 13 games. So are the good old days of losing back. In other words, as this, is this going full Titanic and are we going to be uh, adding this to the lengthy list of crap casting seasons since 19? Here, here's where we are. Normally this would be, the draft is our Super Bowl. This is we, this we is have no we, we have no Super Bowl. So what is our Super Bowl now? Um, Deshaun being allowed to play football. It's got to have to be. It's got to be Deshaun playing football because that's right. the only thing that's going to give you hope at the end of the season. And by then, the boat's going to be at the bottom of the ocean. Are you back on the Titanic? Did you hop back on there? Oh, they have hit the iceberg. They let's see. They have missed all the warnings that came to them. They have seen. And but are the players are the players jumping in the life rafts? That's the question. The uh, the, the boiler room has uh, taken on water. Um, they can I ask not, you a question? They've a not non... jumped in the life rafts just yet. Can I ask you a question? Would you have if you were in the orchestra that played on on the Titanic while they were sinking? This is such a morbid they played till the end. Like, would you really play it on? Do we really I, believe that that happened, by the way? I, I, as, I as the, the boat is, is 45 degrees heading down into the ocean, do we really believe the orchestra was still strumming the violins? Uh, all I know is if I had a cello, I'd be taking off the outside of it and seeing if that thing can float. <laughs> I mean, really? Do we really believe they played all the way down? I, I, and does I, that I, make I, them heroes? That's the other thing, too. Man, I mean, you talk about... It really yeah, kept I mean, morale up until the boat completely went up. 
These are I'm just saying. I'm just I'm asking these the question. These are things that are in the legend, right? Well, all I right. Mean, so the only the, reason uh, I would have played all the way down oh, is, is Joe Antonio the guy playing the violin right now, right? Or the cello oh, right now? Because he's keeping not. the faith, right? He's keeping morale uh, up. Is that what Joel's doing? Just kind of keep. Speaking of the be. iceberg, I think we just hit it. And that means we should come back on Thursday and talk some more. How's that sound? And check on the uh, the 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 water levels. How many decks have been completely submerged at this point? I was so optimistic when the season started, and right yeah. now I just I, Dude, I just want to put both, my, even even with Jacoby Brissett. So all right, let's do this. Let's come back. We will come back on Thursday, and we will do another edition of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin for Meredith Kane, our amazing producer. Thank you for a job well done today. Thank you for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, well, then all you need to do is subscribe to the podcast. Talk to you soon.